0: Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called cannabis sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville, Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. Well, I'm not sure I can handle the excitement, so I brought in an Irish clone of mine, Walter Sullivan. Hello, we do Walter. We look like twins, don't we? <laughs> Is it Walsh? Is it because he's so anti-weed or anti anything? Because he he's had some history with. Abuse has he not?
1: I don't know if that's. I mean, something's going on in I the city of Boston, I, and
0: he's the mayor. So I'm pointing right. the finger at him.
1: It takes a council. You know I, I understand. I, there's I, a city council right, involved. Well, use that for an example, in the sense, so you read the article. You read the stories about East Boston. Yeah. there are actually three applicants looking at East Boston. Yep, they knocked one out. Two went forward with a host community agreement that the mayor gave them. Yep. And I'd argue that was the right thing to do. The best m- person wins. You know, Right. Let the system figure out, going through special permanent community meetings, figure out who they actually want. Yep. Well, the way that, way it worked, whoever came before the Zoning Board of Appeals first is the one that won. Right. And the other one didn't. You see the local council all, all up in arms. Well, wait a minute, because she preferred the other one. Right. Well, and you should allow both. Well, guess what? You're the one you were one of the votes to move the zoning ordinance f- 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 uh, forward mm-hmm. don't blame the mayor for giving host community agreements it's the city that has to look at and, and and I'll give an example of that in a minute so the city requires a half a mile distance Yep. what cambridge does cambridge requires 18 uh, feet distance 1800 feet distance between um, retail establishments yep, yep. they made an exception their original proposal that they had for zoning required a minimum of 1,000 feet for economic empowerment applicants Mm -hmm. and and social equity applicants. They removed that, and now a a social equity applicant could be right next door to a general applicant. And the whole idea, because they saw that these distances are causing a problem for these people. Um, so there are, and I, I shouldn't say these people, cause that sounds so awful, um, you know, for social equity applicants. Yep. Um, so I think Boston has got to find a way of dealing with it. I think the other issue comes up to be, I won't tell you the district counselor, but you know, he realized, you know, this is coming to be my community knows it's coming and I know it's coming, but my community is not quite ready yet. Um, you know, and this is the struggle as we move into this industry, you know, where is that line, you know? People will get on board, and you'll find communities that are, we'll call dry right now mm-hmm. that will get on board because you look at the tax dollars. But I think you also have an industry rushing to get into business, so everybody's piling up, mm-hmm. trying to get licenses everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's just not you know, the flow of it. When they did the medical um, side of the, of the petition, it only allowed 35 licenses that first year, and they had to be separated out, at least one in each county. Yep. Um, and I think that way they thought would be would address the issue. Reality was within the first year we didn't even have one. Right. Um, it was just a poorly put together process by the administration.
0: It, it goes back to education again and again and again, and it's one of the things I've been railing about on my podcast on a regular basis. There is no public service announcement about the education about the product, about the fact that there are people out there that have improved their lives through the use of this product responsibly, not irresponsibly, but responsibly. There's no public service announcements, giving people the opportunity to think about both sides of the argument. There's a lot of people are making up their opinions about this based on 80 years of propaganda and prohibition. If you dive into the education, you dive into some of the evidence and the research, the science that is available out there. By the way, there is something called the Internet and Google knows everything. You can just ask Google to learn about this product. But that also takes effort. I never see any or hear anything in traditional media, anything positive at all about the benefits of cannabis.
1: I, mean, I think you have seen the Globe actually write articles. Uh, uh, uh,
0: excuse me, what? I'm an I'm a, uh, <clears throat> electric, electronic uh, traditional media person, not a a paper one.
1: Neither am I. Okay,
0: so I like I'm I'm talking strictly television and radio here. Okay, okay? more than print. Okay, because I think the Globe has done a great job. Look what they've done for crying out loud. They've started with one guy. Now they got like five or six. They got a whole division you know, because they realize that people are reading about it because that's how they're learning about
1: because, it. And you yeah, actually find that I, in the agencies that I ran, mm-hmm. um, I would get interviewed by the media, and I found is that w- w- one group, one station interviewed me on on a story we were doing, and they wrote, "This is a great story. You know, it's really nice to see what's going on." And I said, "I got to tell you something." There are a more great stories like this than there are bad stories, but the media pushes the bad ones because well, they're they easier to find, sells, and it also
0: it is sensational. It gets the most attention think, we get, and that's human nature. We we are we are intrigued with. Hey, did you hear about this? As opposed to, have you heard what this uh, product has done for this person? It's a big difference and, in the delivery of it. And, and, right. and but the
1: media, but the media can be the.
0: They, have to, the harder, they, work, have, to they have to work harder though. They
1: have to work harder. I mean you look at your know, C B D today. Yeah. You look at the success it's had under the hemp side. I mean it's sold everywhere. Right. Now you know, that's legal nationally now. And you can move it through states well, well, through the through, through the um The
0: Farm Act is Farm there. Act. But but you but, say it's legal and it's and it's not. You know that. Well
1: it's it's there's a question relative to how the DEA Correct. schedules it. But the
0: you can't infuse it in foods yet but, because well, that you
1: get into FDA issues, you right. get into DEA issues. Yep. But you do see it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Know, what's
0: they? What do they say uh, in law? There's the uh, law, and then there's the reality uh, of the reality how people is, so are. I, right.
1: I represent some hemp clients, and we looked at you know how we marketed and so forth. Mm-hmm. And you can you can get letters from the FDA that they have given out to different hemp. Hemp businesses, yeah, you know, challenging. Well, you're calling it a drug. You can't call it a drug. You're calling it a food. You, call- you know, how do you do it? Right. The reality is, these letters are going out, but the FDA will tell you that.
0: How can they? They're not going to be they, able to control they can't this enforce thing. It. Right. You know,
1: it's just they have so much else going on. Right. Um, that we just can't enforce that. But I think you're looking at it. But Congress actually, when with with the latest farm bill, actually went in. To address some of these issues because they said, and they, look at-
0: Right, and then the guy left, right? The head of the FDA, I think, left, and now they're waiting for this public hearing to discuss more about, let's get some more clarity about this CBD but thing. But
1: you look today. Yep. People using CBD. Every day. And the difference every it day. makes. Every day. Yep. And I have 90-year-old, every age, I was uh, uh, talking about it, and doctors, it's 90, you have people today, and this relates to cannabis in general. Yep. On the medical side, yeah, that when you do the polls, ninety percent of the people believe in it. Yeah, if they were, if it was prescribed by a doctor, right. The numbers drop a little bit under the system we currently have, uh-huh. but the numbers are so high on the medical side. Yeah, and the numbers on the rec side are still above fifty nationally. Right, because uh, people say, "What is the big deal anymore?"
0: Right. Um, well, they, it's certainly going to be more the, of a little, little deal. It's you know? funny
1: the former com- a former commissioner of Boston after the, after cannabis became legal for adult use he said to one of the commissioners at the at the CCC saying i'm smelling it more than i ever did before and i said to the commissioner i said i got to tell you something i don't know where he's been I've been smelling cannabis since the 70s, that's right. and that's because of my age. I would have smelled that's right. on, on Boston Common. That's it, right. This is take nothing it, to do with through. it being legal.
0: Does anybody remember the bleachers in the 70s at Fenway Park? I just want to say, uh, I think we Yeah, I mean,
1: do. so to say that you see that it's not, it's, it's not a, true. It's out
0: there, though. It's being, look, when people see, hey, it's legal now. And this is, this leads me to the next Discussion. Point. Oh, we
1: have other discussions. Oh,
0: my God. I think you're going to like this. The The mentality of the 70s when people used cannabis, it was used as a counterculture uh, act of civil disobedience because you had a tricky guy in the White House named Nixon who, you know, didn't want to get rid of those, those hippies and those other colored people, you know, are using that stuff is what he said, right? And he's the one who put the... Um, Controlled Substances Act going. I think it was 71. And so as a person of the 70s, I protested the war and I protested anything that the establishment told me I couldn't do.
1: I think you're still doing that, aren't
0: you? I took 10 years off, but yeah, I do still do that. Okay, anyway, now I have my medical card. You know, Now I use it medicinally and all that. But my point was, that was the culture. That's how it all began. And now that it's legal, Walter, you're seeing some of that illegality mentality, illegal mentality, drive the illegal well, market.
1: It, you, it's, it, it's interesting that you, you mentioned Nixon is that you could you could look at the other side of Nixon in the sense of as a result of Watergate. Yes. And so forth. You see how the media and the general public actually look at government today. They challenge. Oh, God, yes. Cause, um, cause, they're not afraid to challenge. And so right. I think, you know, he did both. One, he set up a false law. Yep. Uh, and it wasn't aimed at anything. We've had, had other presidents, by the way, have done do the that. same right. thing. And, but but you look, you know, it, lot you look earlier. at earlier Watergate. <laughs> yep. Um, you he, look and say, "Wow." There are you know, a lot of comparisons going on right now. I just want to say there, yes. there are. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm kidding. You. Right. But, you know, you sit back and look at what's occurring. I mean, I grew up in the '70s. My my playground was Hobbit. Yep. We'd be running through the dorms, and I remember being in the dorms. Not saying I partake. Well, hang on a
0: second. You were in Boston
1: College, and you were partying. You were hanging out in Harvard. I was a young kid, but I remember <laughs> we'd be we'd hang out with Harvard students. Yeah, and you, were, and you could go into a dorm room, and there'd be a a bowl full of pills in the middle of the table. Oh my you goodness! Know, yeah, that was the seventies, right? And it was just, you know the way it was.
0: Sounds like the locker room of the Red Sox too back then too. I well, might it's funny. You know, not just the Red Sox. Know, what, by what the way, What
1: people think about when you talk about the Red Sox, the in the sense of. When when baseball was a sport and not a profession,
0: mm-hmm.
1: players, any other sports as well, they had coolers next to them. Mm-hmm. In fact, in the sixties or early seventies, two of the players, because you couldn't have Coors beer here, right, actually got a truckload delivered. That's right. You, Remember that? That, was, while a while that yeah. was a big deal. That was <laughs> a big deal to
0: have Coors in the seventies. Yeah.
1: And so, <laughs> but you look back, these guys were drinking while they were playing. Yeah, I mean. Poor Derek Sanderson, when right. you look, it's like you would into have him to get the transfusions after, after <laughs> playing because, you know, they partied hard Yes, well. they did. Oh. They
0: played and partied hard. It was a completely different era back then. Um, but go back to the fact that you've got this illegal market that is being fueled by the slow rollout of the legal market. I think that's what's been going on, and not just here but in California too, that we have a little bit of an issue going on. Well, Because of because of the slow rollout, the pricing, the taxation of it. And people are saying, you know what? I've been getting my weed from somebody for the last 30 years. I'm going to continue with him because I don't want to schlep to Leicester or wherever to Northampton or wherever because I can't get it in Boston. So I'm going to stick with what I got because I know it. I trust it.
1: Well, I think even
0: though it's even though they know they're getting it illegally now
1: i mean you mentioned california you mm-hmm. in what we're doing here but let me look at california first mm-hmm. you know we talk about the coal memorandum that allowed ban- you know that mm-hmm. banks felt comfortable we talk about the continuing resolution that keeps federal government from being able to investigate and prosecute people in states for marijuana prosecutions mm-hmm. but when you actually follow those in california it was, a, it's a wild, it was and somewhat still is a wild, wild west. In Humboldt County, the, it still the the is the wild west. The administration is yeah. the one prosecuting people that were illegally selling marijuana under the guise that they were operating legally. Right. Um, when Obama's, when the Justice Department went to prosecute them, uh, the defense said, hey, wait a minute, you can't prosecute me. There's a continuing resolution saying you can't, you can't investigate and prosecute me because I'm doing this legally. Right. The district court judge said, no, you have to prove to the court that you're doing it legally. The Ninth Circuit, Ninth Circuit the, most, the most liberal of, of our appeal circuits, yeah. found it the other way around. They said, no, it's government's point. And, and, and the reason why I just bring that up is that you'll, you saw in California a lot of things happening. Um, you saw the issue federal government requires you to be, even though it's l- illegal in general, a thousand feet away or you get an enhanced penalty. California just didn't care. And so you saw you saw threats by the federal government saying, you really should move your business because you're too close. Mm-hmm. Now you come to Massachusetts. We'll start with medical first. We mm-hmm. put 500 feet out there. Mm-hmm. Some towns could go more, some could go less. But I think the federal government looked at it is that we were much more thoughtful on how we put it together. Now you look at the Cannabis Control Commission. Yes, it's taking a while. But the best way to look at it, okay, you're, you're thinking this takes a while? They actually hit their numbers when they were supposed to be going, their dates. If you look at the Gaming Commission, and it, they do a great job, but if you look how long it took us to get the gaming, expanded gaming up and running, <laughs> incredibly long time. You compare those two agencies, you have a Gaming Commission that had, not faulting them at all, yeah. it's just you, that had other states to look at mm-hmm. in passing regulations and so forth. You have a Cannabis Control Commission that really had to create from scratch, because there really wasn't anything out there to really work with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I all all in all, I think they're doing a good job. I think, do we need more stores uh, faster? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's moving forward the way it is. I mean, you can't necessarily say it's a slow rollout. I think they're thinking it through.
0: Why can't you say it's not a slow rollout? They had actually hoped to get four per month, and they've not come close to that. I think it's like two and a half per month is what And, you
1: know, know, you'd have to ask them specifically what the reason is. I mean, you can't – and one of the things that the chairman said over a year ago is that, look, we're doing everything to meet the timelines. Right, I know. But the reality is it's not – it's important to do it right more than meet the time. And they're sticking uh, with it. And I think the reality is, I think, you know, you look at the price to get a license. It was $50,000. You had a half a million dollars in a bank account in order to be able to get a medical marijuana dispensary vertically integrated. Who can get into that business? $15 million or more. You look at the Cannabis Control Commission, it's $300 an application and a Mm $3,000 a year fee. I think Mm -hmm. they're doing it to allow others to get into the business. And they're doing it saying... This is what it's going to cost us to regulate this industry because that 's what the fees should be based on, not about making money because that creates a tax. It should be about what it costs us to regulate the business we're going to be in, and the chairman believes that the that the figures he's coming up with can can pay for regulating this industry, and the taxpayers not having to pay for it. Yeah.
0: In the Weeds is a podcast for the Cannabis Multimedia Network for the enjoyment and education of our audience. It is available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and a video record is available on the WeedTube and on the Cannabis Multimedia Network. Any medical advice is not a reflection of the management of CLNS Media or Cannabis Multimedia Network.